0: Welcome to the Racisms Podcast. We're your hosts, Jaslyn and Lisa. We decided that this world could use more cross cultural
1: conversations that seek healing over division, understanding over ignorance, and a better world and a better overall. Welcome back to the Racism Podcast, where we have cross-cultural conversations to make this world a better place. I'm Jaslyn, co-host of the podcast with Lisa. Sup? (laughs) Ah, Yes. Today's topic is about racial identity and how groups and individuals self-identify. To join us in this discussion, we have a special guest with us today, Cynthia Rivas. Cynthia, please introduce yourself. Tell us how you prefer to be identified and why you're excited to have this conversation with us.
2: Well, hello. Thank you for having me on. So as you said, my name is Cynthia Rivas. Um, The way I identify currently is as a brown Latina. Um, Sometimes uh, depending where I'm at in the United States, it can get a little dicey on how I identify myself uh, because it turns out if you're in the west coast versus the east coast you might use Latina versus Hispanic and I learned that when I moved from California to the east coast but hmm. I have always I think as a default I prefer to be called a Latina or you know a brown Latina because Latina encompasses so many people Right, like you could be a white Latino, you could be an Afro Latino, you could be an Asian Latino. So I like to say I'm a brown Latina with indigenous roots.
1: Hmm. Great, thanks for sharing. Yeah, so in the first episode, I said that I identify as a black or African American woman. And to me, these phrases um, have been used uh, historically interchangeably when referring to my apparent race. Uh, But this may not be the case for, you know, all the black people in America, and uh, some may have a preference for one or the other, or they might prefer something totally different. Um, Lisa, what do you think about identifying, you said, as an Asian American versus being more specific with your heritage?
0: Yeah, and before I answer, I wanted to go back to Cynthia because she didn't tell us if she was excited to be here or not, and I just want to make sure that she is and why.
2: I am completely excited (laughs) and thrilled to be here. (laughs) Well, I'm willing to talk about, I feel, this issue um, really openly because I feel like it's a very important time right now, right? It's not just – It's not, you know, just um, what we are seeing about Black Lives Matter on TV, but we are also, you know, at the same time, I feel like there's a lot of parallels between the Black movement and the, you know, the Indigenous movement that we're seeing and the Latino movement and the Asian movement. Like we have all, you know, seen that historically, but I think now it's... we're speaking out louder, right? And that's, a lot of it is thanks to social media. Um, I think, although sometimes social media gets a lot of bad rap, right? Um, But I I think it's done a lot of good to expose us to these very raw moments and raw concepts, raw ideas that so many people shy away from because they don't want to get it wrong, right? And They don't want to be chastised for being wrong. They don't want to be told they're wrong sometimes. And so it's these, um, I think it's important that in these times, we, we make sure that we use our voices and our privilege to say what needs to be said at times, right? Because I do understand that I come from some sort of privilege, right? Even although... I am a minority, um, there are a lot of people who are not at my, you know, don't have the privilege to have the type of job that I have or the education I have because they've been held back by systemic racism. And I'm trying to make sure that their voices also get heard somewhere. And sometimes I have to open the door or help them open their door and have their voices heard. So I think you know, having these conversations is, is important,
0: right? Hmm. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for sharing. I mean, we could wrap up right there, but I think we'll just, we'll keep going with our topic. Uh, back to uh, Jasmine's question for me about how I identify um, as an Asian American. Yeah. The word um, Asian American is like all encompassing of uh, many parts of Asia. When I think of Asian American, I think uh, mostly of uh, Southeast Asian. So, Uh, you know, China, Taiwan, um, Philippines, Vietnam, um, that area. But there's also East Asian, which is um, Indian, Bangladesh and 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 that region of Asia. So it is all encompassing. Um, I don't typically say I'm Chinese American or Taiwanese American, um, which, you know, my my father was from China. My mom was from the island of Taiwan just because there's a lot of political There's a lot of political around that, you know, people from the mainland, mainland China might say Taiwan is part of China. So why would you say you're Taiwanese? Um, But that's to me, it's kind of like saying, you know, if someone asks me where I'm where I live, I might not say just America. I would say like the state that I live in. So that's kind of where I draw it. And and for a while, I used to call myself an ABC, which is American born Chinese Um, Even though I wasn't born here, I was raised here. I came when I was two, so I feel like I was born here. But I mean, the more I think about that phrase, the more I dislike it because it's like someone came up with it and and maybe to like say white born Chinese and not American born Chinese. So we can dig into that more. Uh, But yeah, I don't I don't typically say American born Chinese anymore because I think it is probably a little problematic. So Cynthia um, can you tell us why you choose to identify like you did and, and maybe talk a little bit about, you know, how you identified on the West Coast and how you identify now that you're on the East Coast? Right.
2: So I always say Latina, but and as I said originally, I'm from California. I'm from um, like every good Californian. I have to tell you that I am from Southern California. I am truly from <laughs> Los Angeles representing the 90043 zip code. Um, uh, <laughs> because that's how you tell people apart in Southern California, you ask their zip code. Um, and interesting. I think, you know, being from California, California is very. You know, like every state is rich in history, but California is a little bit different than some of the other states just because California, you know, was its own country or it was, you know, said it was its own country before the United States like annexed it. And, and before that, you know, it belonged to um, Mexico. And before that, it was, you know, like this, you know, the Spanish have colonized a good chunk of the Americas and California and Texas, you know, and a bunch of other giant swaths of land belong to Spain, right? So growing up in California taught me that, I, you know, you were either Chicano, which is usually, um, or at least the more traditional definition, if you will, is people from Mexican descent, right, that still live in California, that, you know, they can trace back some of their lineage. You know, I, I met people, I'm friends with people who, They've been in California for like six generations, you know? And so Mm -hmm. I knew growing up that I wasn't a Chicana. And that was because in school, (laughs) I knew someone who was a Chicana and they asked me what I was. And I had no idea Mm -hmm. what to say because at that point, you know, I was probably like in the second grade. I had never really thought about it. You know, I I went to a school that was predominantly African-American. I think there was like, you know, like 10 of us that were, you know, that identified either as as Chicanos or Hispanic or Latino, you know, now. And i never thought about it. My parents never said anything. They, you know, they just raised us the way they were raised, right? Mm -hmm. So when I remember when i was in school when i remember specifically my friend who happened to be african american said to me like what are you and i said i don't what do you mean like i don't know basically and she said well i know you ain't black and <laughs> such and such said you ain't mexican and and nice. i was left thinking well what am i right And at that point I was like, well, I don't, I don't know. And I went home and I had to ask my mom, you know, like, what are we? And she was like, you're an American. You're born here. Like, what else do you, you know, like want from me? basically?" But, you know, it was like, that was kind of like the awakening, if you will, like of me trying to like figure out like how I fit in into this like American fabric. Right. And it was then at that point where it was more of like, Oh, you're, you know, you you're an American, but we come from Central America, right? And the we being my parents, my you know, mm-hmm. good chunk of my family um, come from different countries in Central America. So I was like, okay, then I guess I'm Central American, you know? Like, <laughs> uh, but you know, like it, it was really hard because I didn't feel that way. I felt American. Like I was really angry because mm-hmm. I was like, I'm American. I was born in L.A. Like. Why you know like mm-hmm. i i as a little kid, like looking back, I was like really angry that someone wouldn't think that I was an American, and I feel like to some extent mm-hmm. even now I'm like what why is it that automatically when I'm seen, I'm not seen as an American right like oh, well um mm-hmm. assume things about me, especially because I'm very as I've been told many times ethnically ambiguous. <laughs> Um, so I think it, but to get to your original question, like that, that's how I started really thinking about who I was and what I, you know, represented in a way to the world and to myself. And from there on, like I've always said, Latino, I feel like Latino is, or Latina or Latinx seems to be very much a West coast thing. Um, it wasn't until I moved out to the East coast, um, about, now, six years ago, which is amazing to me, six years ago, I decided to pack up my bags and, you know, move to Delaware, a state mm-hmm. that I, you know, I've heard of in a history book, but had no idea really what it was, you know, or, or anything. And here in this area, I found out that like um, people like to say Spanish or Hispanic and I really dislike being called Spanish because I don't get the privilege that comes with being from a European country, right? I do not benefit from being a Spaniard because I'm not a Spaniard, right? Like, I, I don't get an EU passport. They'll let me in through these other European countries, right? And I don't consider myself Hispanic because the way I was taught and, like, especially now with a lot of the literature um, in ethnic studies, you'll realize that like Hispanic was something that was really something that like during the Nixon administration was put forward so that we could count these Hispanics in uh, the United States. And And what, sorry. And what do you think that, that
0: term, or maybe you're going to answer this, but what term,
2: what, who are they trying to say? Right. And the word Hispanic, like really just means like, If you look at it historically, that word means someone from Spain, right? Like, it's the, like, if you look it up, it's like Hispanicus or whatever it was in Latin. And that is where the word Espana and Espanol come from, which means like, you know, you are from, that is your motherland, right? And once the, you know, the colonization happened of so many, you know, people here in the Americas, you know, like, we started seeing, like, places be called Hispaniola, right? And I think now we, a lot of Latinos feel like, or at least uh, from my experience with my friends, and granted, a lot of them are from the West Coast, um, they feel like Hispanic is, you're really trying to say we are, uh, you know, we we are Spanish, right? Or we are connected to... Mm. Spain somehow when not all of us are and I think Latino Mm -hmm. for a lot of people means more like we are connected through our colonial history to these European countries that use Latin derived languages right and that means that by using Latino we are um, recognizing more people that come from Latin American countries that do not speak Spanish right and Hispanic sort of implies mm-hmm. like if you look it up it implies that you come from a Spanish-speaking country now and it's very specific right it like includes like you know like Puerto Rico and like like some of the Caribbean Spanish-speaking countries but it doesn't include the other Caribbean countries that don't speak Spanish and then includes you know some parts of Latin America while Latino like the more universally accept term um definition of latino really says anyone that's basically from southern like from the border in from the united states down that is latin america and we accept you right like that is that includes brazilians who speak portuguese that includes uh people from belize who do not speak spanish right and so hispanic seems a little bit more exclusive right like it is it's it's denying some of these other people who have the same or similar shared history as their neighboring countries. So I think to get to sort of your original question, like I, I don't identify as Hispanic because I feel like Latino fits me better and fits my way of thinking a little bit better. Cause I think all of us have the shared history of colonialism, imperialism that, we have to acknowledge and have to deal with day to day.
1: So, Cynthia, you did mention the word Latinx? Yes. In addition to Latina and Latino. Mm-hmm. So, do you do you use that term? I started hearing it maybe a year or so ago. Yeah. Um, well, I have Do you use that? Is it is it a widely used term?
2: Uh yeah, it's been I feel like because uh the well, The Latin derived or the romance languages, if you will, uh, there's a lot of, you'll notice that there's, things are either like feminine or masculine, right? Mm -hmm. You'll say la puerta, which is the door, but it, you know, it's a feminine, you know, know, like it, so there's a lot of that in our language and a lot of, not just Spanish, but like, you'll see that in French, you'll see that in Italian, right? And Mm -hmm. even Mm -hmm. within the, this community, uh, people recognize that, like, the default, right, of the plurals is always the masculine, right? So if it's mm. three friends of mine and they happen to be, rec- you know, they recognize themselves or like to identify themselves as female and and I'm talking and I tell someone I'm hanging out with my friends in Spanish, it'd be like, I'm hanging out with my, you know, amigas, right? Like, that's the plural, and the, mm-hmm. and the, but as soon as like you get one man that joins you or one someone that identifies as a male, then you just say amigos, it like automatically becomes the male. And in the community, I think there's been a lot of talk also about recognizing our transgender and also uh, the third gender, like, because it existed within a lot of indigenous communities. So by putting this X there, it's just saying like, it, it should include everyone, right? Like this X is not an A or a no, not going, Mm -hmm. you know, we're not going one way or the other. We're just saying like X as in like, I, that is more, a little bit more inclusive than um, -hmm. than like Latino because Latino, like, you know, when I identify myself, sometimes I say like, I'm a Latino. Um, but I recognize that by saying Latino, I'm also, um, acknowledging a lot of, you know, and accepting a lot of this like patriarchal notions that come with the language.
0: Hmm. Oh, that's really interesting. I didn't know that it was uh, a way to, to reference people without being gender. That's really
2: interesting. I think it's a little bit more encompassing, right? It's just trying to say, um, you're welcome here in a way. Hmm. Right. And, um, originally a lot of indigenous cultures, you know, um, Especially like in Central America and in Mexico, you, there's there's always ex- existed um, people who did not live as the gender they were born in. If that makes mm. sense, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you, there's a lot of documentaries about that if you're interested in it. But it's it's also trying to in, um, include them because traditionally they were included, but. Given our very colonialist uh, background, a lot of those histories and peoples and practices were forcibly erased.
1: So, Lisa, I kind of want to go back to Cynthia's, you know, people asking her, where are you from? And she had to go back to her parents and be like, tell me what's happening here. <laughs> so did you, uh, growing up, ever have that experience? Like, or did you always know, you know, your parents are Chinese or come from Taiwan? So you had that background.
0: I mean, honestly, I don't really remember having this question asked to me as a child. I, don't, I mostly only remember the conversations i've had as like a, an adult uh, but i think as a kid i understood that my parents were not from here because uh you know my dad never learned english uh, my mom was more comfortable on um, speaking chinese at home too so i guess deep down inside i kind of always knew if someone asked me um and also maybe because you know, most people would just think that either I'm Chinese or Japanese or Korean. So there's more of that like mix up, you know, when people, you know, greet me with um, like Konnichiwa and I'm oh, that's great, but that's not my language. So <laughs> good try. Um, so the, I mostly get a mix up of where I'm from, but certainly I wouldn't say everyone who comes across me assumes that I was born here.
1: Hmm. But do you would you rather people assume you were born here uh, rather than trying to guess your your country of origin? <laughs>
0: <laughs> hmm. So once I start speaking, I don't have a I might have a Philly accent, but not a a strong accent from another language. Um, so. I don't know, actually. I mean, I think I just—I'm proud of my heritage. I'm proud of um, my culture. I want to pass. I want to pass it on to my kids. So, I would love for—I would love for people to recognize. And I think um, you'll both agree is that we're multi-faceted people, right, Jasmine? That's the word you use.
1: Yes, we are
0: multi-faceted people. We can be born in America we can also be from another we can also have another country's culture and roots within us and that that is okay because you know i mean i don't like go around asking like white people like oh are you scottish or irish or you know like but maybe you know we should because like our, our history should be beautiful and but i think there's also a lot of like pride quote unquote in being like american <laughs> I actually wanted to go back. Uh, Cynthia, I wanted you to talk more about um, your indigenous roots and, like, you know, your your family's history, um, how you relate to, to that part of your
2: heritage now. Yeah, so... Um, so I was born here um, and raised here, right? Um, mm-hmm. I knew, you know, like, originally, I I knew we were a little bit different just because I grew up in an all-Black neighborhood, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. But my mother is very light-skinned. She could be, you know, considered passing. Uh, My father, um, he is not. Um, He's he's also very brown, (laughs) very tan man, Um, Mm -hmm. and, you know, like, I'm a product of that, but I knew we were a little bit different and I heard him say a lot of things, but like we really didn't talk about where they come from because my parents left a country that was, you know, in the middle of the civil war. Right. And Mm -hmm. neighboring countries were having genocides, you know, like it it was a very hard time. And you have to also understand that in these countries and a lot of Latin America, people, are, you know, were obliterated because of colonialism, right? Um, mm-hmm. The Spanish came, you know, whether the Spanish came or the Dutch came, whoever came, they really, you know, there was a lot of raping and pillaging of people, right? And so that led to a lot of like, uh, you know, and then people got married, you know, produced a bunch of offspring. So that led to a lot of us, like mestizos, right? Like a lot of people who are just mixed. Like if I take a 23 me, and mm-hmm. the ministers have all done it, yeah, like uh, I'm the only one who hasn't done it yet but like we all come out as Native American right like there's no like 23andMe doesn't tell you what tribe you belong to it just says like genetically right like it just Mm. which is also you know DNA and you know using that to identify is a little bit you know there's it's a tricky subject and it's a lot of Mm. ethics and a lot of um, writings about it but and I'm not going to go down that track but you know it's so I didn't really know exactly like what tribe, let's say, or community I came from because um, my parents are from El Salvador. In El Salvador, a lot of the indigenous people um, are very mixed, right? Like in the sense of like they all speak Spanish. A lot of them, I think there's actually very few people left in in that country that actually speak speak a native or indigenous language because everybody speaks Spanish, right? And so like the way you colonize people is you get rid of their religion, you get rid of their culture, Mm. you get rid of their language. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: And so what was left over is these like little small remnants of things, you know, whether it's like the way my dad, the way my dad, for example, the way he took care of uh, trees and how he planted trees is all based on things he learned from his father, from his grandfather and his grandmother about how you like use the moon and the stars to like track the best day to plant the, like certain trees. And so I mm-hmm. knew from the beginning, like in in a sense, like that most people didn't do this because our neighbors planted a tree and my dad was like, oh, it's not gonna bear good fruit. <laughs> 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 he didn't do it on the right day. Um, <laughs> and that, you know, like, so, and he didn't really also identify as an indigenous person because in Central America to be indigenous is uh, looked down upon, mm. if that mm. makes sense. Like, um, yeah, there's a lot of colorism in our communities, right, and in our our Mm. countries, um, you will hear people say mejorar la raza, which literally translates to bettering the race, and what they mean by that is to marry someone that's lighter than you, right? Mm. And so, you know, like, those are all the things that, like, weirdly, you know, even though I didn't know that was going on, that is what, you know, happens in our community. So people deny their culture right they deny their background and it wasn't until like literally I saw a picture of my grandmother that I was like my grandmother looks like the Native Americans on my history book (laughs) (laughs) and then my dad and then I asked my dad and then he was like well yeah that's why we call her you know like he had they had some sort of nickname for her uh, and, and he was like, oh, yeah, she's India. And Indian Spanish means like Indian, which really means like Native American, right, or indigenous. Uh, and, and my dad was like, oh, I didn't tell you. Yeah, she's like, we don't come from tribes. Everybody, you know, like El Salvador is like shades of brown. Like, uh, then you see a lot of white people who's like with blue eyes and blonde hair. And then you see, maybe you'll see like one black like Salvadorian. Uh, And I was like, oh, okay. And then I just started reading more. And then I just started asking him questions about what he had learned while he was in school in El Salvador. And I was like, oh my God, we're like indigenous. Mm. (laughs) You know, like Mm. I, you know, I never um, would have um, said that when I was younger because I didn't know. And it was also something that I felt like the only people that were allowed to be indigenous were people in the United States. And <laughs> mm-hmm. that's what the United, you know, the U S history teaches us it's like, these are the natives, you know, like, and they don't really tell you that um, there's, you know, indigenous people all over North and South America. And so it was really because of these small little things that I really was like, well, that's who we are. Like we have like these, some of these traditions, like, that are not you know christian if you will right like Mm -hmm. or they do not follow some of the european standards like you know like i said like my dad would track the moon and he'd be like today's a great day to plant this tree like based on the moon right (laughs) like and those are methods that were used a lot by indigenous people in his region and so from there on i you know i just identify more with that just because um, I was raised with that knowledge and I also feel like it was um, a way for me to reclaim that side that gets suppressed a lot in our culture because people do not, well not all people, but most people want to always praise their European side more than their Indigenous side. And it's a little, in you know, a very weird, dark way, kind of funny because a lot of Central and Latin America, most of the people are mixed, right? Like there's a lot of, there's still pockets of, you know, indigenous people and there's pockets of like these Europeans that came over during World War II, right? And then there's like the rest of us who are just like a mix of the people. We're the product of history, right? We're the product of colonialism and imperialism.
1: Mm-hmm. Interesting.
2: So, I kind of
1: have a question for Lisa and Cynthia. Um, like Latino, Latinx is a big category, it encompasses a lot of people. Asian American encompasses a lot of different people. Um, do you guys feel like any affinity? uh, to other uh, Asian Americans or other Latinx people, like as a whole, like, do you just, do you feel a natural affinity? And you know, where does that affinity come from for you?
2: Cynthia, you want to go first? Well, I was going to ask, like, what do you mean by affinity?
1: For example, I'm a black person. Mm -hmm. And so I, I I feel a natural affinity for other black people, Mm -hmm. especially like, In college or in, you know, an all-white workplace, if I see another Black person, I I naturally want to get to know them. I kind of, you know, align myself with them.
2: Mm -hmm. Okay.
1: I feel like we have or may have a a similar background, a similar culture. So there's an affinity for me there. I was just wondering if you guys also felt a similar kind of affinity.
2: Yeah, so... I think it's funny to me to think about this because I think because of where I grew up, like I said earlier, I grew up in a predominantly black neighborhood uh, with very, very few um, Latinos, right, or Chicanos. And when I went to college, my world really became completely the opposite, right? I was used to going to stores and seeing, you know, African-Americans, black people, and seeing some Latinos, right? Because it's California. And then, so when I was at Berkeley, it was very much, you know, I would say like almost 40 something, 48% white and then like 48 Asian. And then the rest, the the rest of us were like the small percentage, right? And so when I was in college, I remember there was a, a group for, uh, called Chicano slash Latino student, right? And they had just like recently in the last couple of years added Latino. And for some reason that really bothered me. <laughs> because there was a Chicano Latino student group and I was aware of it um, and they were welcoming and they were nice and trying to, you know, let the Latinos and Chicanos at the university know that there's a place for them. I still felt left out because of the word Chicano, right? Because it it was uh, mostly a lot of Mexican Americans and a lot of Chicanos, And I just felt so uncomfortable, not because they were making me feel uncomfortable, but I felt uncomfortable because I was yet again in the setting where I felt like I did not belong there. Right. And later on, I found out the reason they went from just being a Chicano student group, they went from Chicano Latino student group was to try to Welcome more of the Latinos that are not Mexican or Tiganos. And um, unfortunately, though, I, I still felt like I didn't belong there, like it wasn't my place. And it was not their doing, but it was just an example of how words have power, right? And when you've been indoctrinated by a school system that is, you know, extremely racist, and nice to the Europeans that were in this country, uh, we forget that that those teachings really influence and mold us as human beings. And sometimes that leads to us being afraid or uncomfortable to join groups where that can provide support that is sometimes very much needed, especially in my situation when I was in a predominantly white institute it would have been of great help to know that I had somewhere to go when I needed help because of my previous experiences and this indoctrination that I feel like I went through by just going to a public school. I stayed away from that. I didn't really like look out for a lot of Latinos because first of all, it's very hard to find them. But when I did find Mm -hmm. them, a lot of them were, you know, um, we're also just struggling through really horrible things going on, right? Like the racism that does happen, the you know the racial biases that happen at universities, and uh, so I didn't really like look for Latinos to like become friends with, you know, or like you know I wasn't like automatically like oh you know like let me go up to this person and see where they're from, um, or you know not from but like you know maybe we have something common and blah, blah blah like it, it wasn't really like that but I feel like that's because I was in California (laughs) because Mm -hmm. I didn't have to do that you know like I had my family there and I had friends there that were not part of the university that were not part of my job and I could and I could still form that community but I feel like once I left that little safe haven of California and moved out east I started noticing that more Latinos or Hispanic people were gravitating towards me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, like, yes, great. Like you too are, you know, like, you know, you too are, are a fellow Spanish speaker or like, Oh, your parents are, you know, like Puerto Rican and, you know, you're things like that. So it just became a little bit easier, I think, as I got older. And a lot of it might've been also, I think, because of where I grew up. I grew up. Uh, you know, like I was, I felt like I was a minority among a minority as a, as a child. So the way to protect yourself, right. From being hurt, whether it's physically or emotionally or psychologically is to stay quiet and stay on the sidelines. Mm -hmm. Right. And I sort of carried that attitude a little bit in, into college where I didn't really look for the you know the Latino groups or the Chicano groups, um, not that they didn't exist. It's just I didn't really look for them, right? And I, and if someone did invite me to something, I would go. But it was you know I felt a little bit. It, it was still felt weird to me. And now looking back, I'm like it felt weird because I felt uncomfortable in my skin, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, and it's. I mean, it's it's something that I wish I hadn't gone through because there's so many potential great friendships, right. But also opportunities that could have blossomed out of that, but it didn't happen that way. But it also led me to learn more about myself. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. you know, like it, it it was very different, I guess, like uh, when I was in the Bay area. So I, I ended up being immersed (laughs) with my roommate, uh, she is a Muslim Indian American, and uh, I met a lot of Muslim Indian and Pakistani women. And turns out, I if I am in a group with them, I look like them. And so, <laughs> so that's where a lot of the ethnically like ambiguous also comes in. I've been confused a lot of times for being like Indian American or Pakistani or Afghani, and. <laughs> Uh, you know, Middle Eastern. I get that a lot. So, mm-hmm. uh, but now I get older. To get back to the question, I do try to find, find. But like, if I see someone and we cross paths, then I then I'll like make sure I say hi, right? Um, mm-hmm. Especially mm-hmm. in the environment I am in now, because I think I should also acknowledge the fact that I am now in a position where there's less people like me. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I am, you know, like I'm usually the only like Brown person (laughs) in a meeting usually. Right. Um, You will not see a lot of diversity in a lot of meetings sometimes. And so if I see someone in the hallway and we bump shoulders then I'm like, Oh my God, like, hello, like you might not, (laughs) you know, but like you're a person of color and I want to just like, make sure you know that like, I'm here. Uh, And are you okay? You know, like these are the things that um, I sort of have caught myself doing, um, especially in the last couple of years, right? Um, Because race has been now more uh, of of an issue on the news through the current administration. And so these are things that I feel like I'm now much more aware of. (laughs) Um, But and, but I do, uh, feel like I reach out and there's people reaching out to me, you know, um, whether they are, you know, Indian American or black or Latinos. Like I felt, I, I have felt, definitely felt it more moving out into the East coast than I did, um, back when I lived in California, but that might also be because I am in a different position. I'm now in an area where there's, um, more white people than there is um, minorities, right? And when you're in college, at least you see more diversity, right? And so there is some comfort in that. But once you move out of that setting um, and you join predominantly white institutes, um, you kind of become very, very aware of what you are and what you're not.
1: And Lisa, do you have an affinity or feel a connection to other Asian Americans?
0: Um, So for, for me, um, when I see another Asian person, because I grew up um, in America, I still feel like I like culturally don't connect with a lot of um, Asian people who um, may be, you know, here um, on like, uh, you know, for education Um, or that they immigrated here, so, like, they're first-generation immigrants. Um, So I still kind of feel a divide with with, um, those Asian Americans because, like, culturally, we're just different. We don't have, like, the same um, upbringing in terms of, like, media consumption or um, interests. So I still feel like I don't have an affinity to, like, every Asian person I see because I think I still know that culturally like we're not it's not easy for us to kind of connect right away Um, but certainly if it's another person uh, who grew up in the United States and I can pretty much tell that right off the bat if they have then yeah we do connect for sure Um, and I definitely do seek out people of color more naturally um than not um to and we just have a really in instant connection I'm um, not to say that I don't connect with um white people I'm just saying that if I look at like this the 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 number of people that I talk with or the number of people I hang out with more most of the time it's going to be either um you know uh, person of East Asian descent that grew up in the United States or other people of color who you know may or may not have grown up in the United States I don't know why when it's a non asian I don't have that distinction but it's just that's how this is that's that's just personally how I've met with people like met them in that way
2: I think it's very interesting that you said raised here because i think that's also something that i've noticed i do too i feel like i have more in common obviously with uh a latino or chicano you know people who were raised in the u.s than i do Mm -hmm. with my colleagues that were you know they were born and raised in mexico but like you know they ended up here in the u.s because they got a job or they you know or they came here and did a phd and i feel like there's these cultural differences that Mm -hmm. um you know, it's not like they're bad, but because they're different, you just don't understand sometimes, right? Yeah, and yeah. I not, I don't know if Jocelyn experiences the same thing, because I know there's a lot of people from Africa that come to the United States later on in their life, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, I haven't found like I'm less inclined to to connect with someone who uh wasn't born in the in the United States um there might be some cultural differences but I think because I mean if we both recognize that we're black (laughs) (laughs) there's that like you know some people don't think that they're black or don't identify with that with that um identity but you know like in college we have I'm an engineer, so we had a, a black engineering society. There, It wasn't broken out based on if you were born in America or mm-hmm. you, you were right. from Africa or the Caribbean or Latin America. So I, let him, I met a lot of people there, even on the workplace, if they weren't born in America, because it's only you. Right. <laughs> You're the person I'm gonna talk to. I don't care if you were born in America or not. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna get to know each other, and I, you know, and and it expands my knowledge of mm. the African diaspora. You know, I get to learn about other cultures, mm-hmm. um, even visit other countries. And I, you know, even when I visit, I still f- I find a connection there. Like I've been to several, you know, majority Black countries, and you know, people come up to me and, and speak in in the in the. <laughs> And that in the language of that country, and I'm like, "I'm sorry, <laughs> I appreciate you know that you you think that, but it's mm. it's not the case, so yeah i don't i re- I don't really have that distinction, maybe mm. because um a lot of the spaces I'm in is majority white, right, and so you don't have that luxury of variety <laughs> of black people, yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, and it's not to say right, like uh, i I'm like I'm not friends with these people. I don't reach out to them. It's just that once you we introduce ourselves, I realize like uh, there's a little extra hurdle we need to sometimes address, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, just like culturally, like I, you know, in my in my experience, it's usually like oh, you know, like maybe um, the country that they come from is a little bit very uh, like um, based on machismo. Mm -hmm. So sometimes, like they'll say something like, "Oh, like there was an incident when someone said something," and I was like, "Well, that's a little, you know, sexist." And Mm -hmm. and and I said it, and I had to sort of like explain why that was. And this person was like, "Oh, you know, like I never thought about it. Mm -hmm. Like that's how it is in Mexico, right?" And that's also part of the, you know, it's part of understanding and learning other. where, where other people are coming from and also understanding that, you know, a lot of our cultures are very, um, patriarchal. Right.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And then mm-hmm. a lot of machismo also in our communities that, um, we are dealing with right now. Right. And we are trying to get those things addressed. So I think it's, I mean, it's a very, it's very interesting when you meet other people from different countries because they're like, yay, it's great. But also like, they also have, um, Different way of handling things and thinking about people,
0: right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I don't know about you, but you know, it may especially maybe now there might be a lot of anti-American kind of um, stances <laughs> that people have, you know, like and even um, you know when I when I moved um, to Taiwan after college, I you know a lot of people like, after they got to know me you know i was a i was a nice person but you know a lot of people did tell me that you know they thought when they heard that an american was coming to this company they they immediately jumped to you know like a stereotypes of americans you know mm-hmm. that we're kind of prideful or um we're very selfish and self-centered and and so maybe that that's also a a divide that we need to overcome when meeting someone who is of our um our ethnic background, but not our cultural background, is that they might see us as this stereotypical American. Right. And then we have to kind of overcome that, too.
2: Yeah. So there is, I mean, everybody, weirdly, you know, we don't like to talk about this, but, you know, everybody has these um, biases, right? Mm -hmm. Sure. uh, And a lot of our cultures have prejudice and, you know, a lot of biases also built into them. And it's important to acknowledge them. Right. We have to Mm -hmm. to make room for for these things to be said out loud and for us to be able to reckon with them. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's it's funny that you said when they you know, when they heard an American was coming, because um, when I had to go to um, Portugal to do uh, some work for. UNESCO like it was part of a class but UNESCO and these bunch of universities invited us over and um <laughs> I never felt more american <laughs> in my life like I've never been called an american in america you know like until mm-hmm. I, like until I was living in like portugal and i remember i was like uh, I had to go to Portugal, Spain, and France. Um, and now it all sounded really nice to me because I'd never been abroad. And then I got there and everybody's like, oh, the Americans. And I was like, oh, what did I do? <laughs> um, but also, thank you. Yes, I am the American. Like, mm. because in the United States, no one ever just calls me American, you know? It's mm. that's interesting. Uh, so that's also, it, you just made me think of that.
0: Yeah. And Jaslyn, how about you? Like have you ever experienced being the American in the room? Yes. Yes.
1: <laughs> uh I remember I traveled to Zambia mm-hmm. and uh sometimes when you go to an attraction like a museum or or something like that, they have the local price and they have <laughs> they have the uh foreigner price. And so, you know, I want the local price, I don't want (laughs) to, I don't want to pay ten times the charge. So, yeah, I was with a group of Zambians, um, and they were taking me around, showing me the place, and yeah, we went to this one place, and I was, we were just standing together at the counter, you know, getting our tickets, and I was just standing in the back just smiling, like, don't ask me any questions, I'm not going to, because if I talk, then they'll know, oh, you get the foreigner (laughs) price. So, yeah, I mean, and when you travel abroad, you're, you're American.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's a lot of, right, like, what does it call it? The ugly American stereotype, and
0: <laughs> you just have to... Tell us more, tell us more.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I mean, uh, it, it was just interesting being in Europe, you know, like, that was a whole different experience I never... Thought I would have, but you know, I have learned about the ugly American, which is you know Americans that are very entitled and ask for a lot of things and keep asking for big jugs of coffee <laughs> instead of just taking the espresso. <laughs> and Americans who demand things. So you know, hmm. never raised that way. So I, I'm not even like that here at home in the states. So when I was abroad, I definitely was like, "Thank you." Yeah, you know, like very respectful. But you know, everybody would say like, Oh, you're not like the other Americans. And I was like, thank you. Like, I, I have not else to say. What do you say to that? Right? So that leads to another question.
0: Um, for both of you. So when you travel abroad, um, and someone, maybe they'll ask you where you are, or where you're traveling from, like, do you say what 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 country or what do you say when someone asks you where you're from traveling abroad?
1: I think I'm from the States. And they get that. And then, you know, sometimes they'll ask, oh, what part? And I'll say Maryland or D.C. because people, they'll know Washington, D.C. is the capital.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, I, like every true Californian, always lead with, (laughs) I'm from California. Mm. (laughs) Um, I, for some reason, I feel like this is just um, based on my poll of, the 10 friends I have that are from California, but we always say California, I'm from California. If anyone asks me where I'm from, I say I'm from California. So when I was abroad, oh. uh, people were like, where are you from? You know, because obviously they can tell, like, once I opened my mouth, <laughs> you know, like, even though I was speaking Spanish or my very poor attempt at Portuguese, they were like, we kind of understand Portuguese, but we can speak English to you. But where are you from? <laughs> um, and I... I would say, oh, I'm from California, and I think it's because California is so big, Mm. and everybody knows Hollywood and San Francisco, so uh, it's very recognizable, Mm. Uh, and even Mm. now, like when I moved to the East Coast, and I'll never forget this day, uh, a man tapped me on my shoulder while I was waiting in line at a post office, and he said, welcome to America, where are you from? Oh, man, wow, (laughs) and I said, I'm from California, sir. And then I turned around and then he tapped me on the shoulder again. He said, no, but where are you really from? Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I just kept saying, I just got more specific. I went from California, (laughs) Southern California. And then when he asked again, I said, I'm from Los Angeles, sir. And he said, no, but where are you from? And I said, no, South Central, sir. (laughs) You
1: give him the address.
2: (laughs) I said, South Central Los Angeles, the real L.A. And then uh, as I was turning away from him, he, his face was so sad. He said, oh, I thought you were from somewhere exotic like India or like. Mm. <laughs> and I, yeah, the word the word exotic. <laughs> <laughs> exotic. I I at that point, I just just stared at him, you know. Mm-hmm. So. To this day, though. If you ask me where I'm from, I'm from California. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, it's it's interesting. I was traveling through Japan by myself, and when people asked me where I was from, I said Taiwan. I mean, because I was flying from there, so I felt like I was being truthful. But I rarely told anyone I was from the States. Uh, you know, I could my Chinese had improved by then. Um, I was trying to at least say some Japanese words properly. And so I think if I didn't speak at all, I I could pass as someone who was from Taiwan. Or people actually in Taiwan, when they asked me where I was from, because my Chinese wasn't that good, they always thought that I was from like Malaysia or um, Singapore because... They also speak China. They speak the the Mandarin language differently than people from um, the mainland or from just basically any Southeast Asian country. If you speak Mandarin, your Mandarin is slightly different. So it was interesting that they thought that I was from Singapore, Malaysia rather than the United States. And I kind of took a little bit of pride in that, you know, that I could take on this different identity um, and not be like Cynthia has said you know the quote-unquote stereotypical ugly American like I could fit into my roots and I kind of really felt pride in that.
1: Yeah, I was gonna ask is there a reason why you didn't want to say you're from the states? Is it the the stereotype of the American or you just kind of wanted to?
0: I guess I didn't want to draw attention to myself uh you know I wasn't like scared traveling alone but you know I just wanted to be left alone and I think when i was traveling in japan at that time you know american culture was still very um, not i wasn't they were really they really loved american culture you know american music american movies and like i just didn't want that attention like oh do you know the president like those kind of questions i get when i'm abroad uh, or have you have you met like you know this celebrity or something and so i just didn't want that attention so if i just said I'm from this country that's only an hour south of you, then they're like, eh, we've been there. We don't need to ask you any questions. Um, So I want to kind of go back to like these labels and do either of you have any um, racial labels that you wouldn't respond to? Like like uh, Cynthia, if someone had uh, had asked you if you're Hispanic or when you see like Hispanic on a form and no other checkbox that you have, like how do you feel about other people labeling you know, your group initially as Hispanic and, and Javelin, you too, like you had said you wanted, you're okay with being um, called black or African-American, but are there other labels? And I'm not talking about racial slurs. I'm just talking about other labels that people use that you would not, you don't really particularly like responding to.
2: Um, so for me, you know, like, for example, the sun says, like for the love of God, someone <laughs> really needs to, just invest in the census. like, uh, I know that's the, the main reason in the United States, we use the word Hispanic is because someone was like, well, let's just slap that baby on that census. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, at the end of the day, there's not really any options, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and, you, and you kinda are like, it's picking between two evils sometimes, you know, like maybe you don't identify as Hispanic, right? Because you're Brazilian, right? But we're mm. now but you live in the United States, and you're taking the census, and you're got to check a box, you know, like, <laughs> because it really does matter, right. And so yeah. when it comes down to funding and all those things, right. And social scientists love to use the census. And I like to make sure that like, at least they're getting some decent data from me. So <laughs> I do check off the Hispanic. And I think in the last the last census, or in some of the, at least the legal forms, they say Hispanic or Latino. Right. Mm. And the other thing I've also noticed is they say Hispanic or Latino or indigenous of Latin descent. Right. Or like, Mm. and they specifically mean you can claim to be indigenous, but you can't be indigenous within the, Mm. right. Because you don't belong to one of the tribes or one of the many tribes that does not get recognized in the United States. Uh, so I'll see that also uh, in the, I think in the census, cause I did fill it out some months ago, they were like, Oh, are you Hispanic or Latino? And then on the bottom, it's like, pick the race you belong to. And I'm like, like, you know, like all of us are so really like, at least a lot of my friends and we know we're really mixed, right. We're, we're mestizos. We're, mm. You know, we're, there's a little bit of white in us and there's a lot of indigenous and some of us have a little bit of black in us. And like, how do you, you know, can I just like check all of them? Like, mm-hmm. you, you know, so it's, um, I try on the forms, right? You just don't really have, you don't really have to say. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah,
1: that's a problem. Yeah. yeah I remember um, uh, I was helping this this guy from Mexico fill out a form for English classes. I was volunteering at a place they taught English classes for free. And the, the form only had two choices. <laughs> they had black and they had white. <laughs> and Jaime, his name was Jaime, <laughs> he filled out the form and he gave it to me. And I looked at it, he checked the black box. I was like, Jaime. <laughs> <laughs> Let, I mean, you know, I know you're taking English, but you, you know the difference, right? And he was like, Well, I'm not white.
2: <laughs> yeah. So. And that's also a real thing, right? Like, what do you check? Like, I think there's been studies that show that a lot of um, Latinos will check the white box right yes because they're like and that's why they the numbers don't sometimes are not as accurate as we want them to be and it's because you you really haven't given us a choice and we're kind of like a little bit mixed and sometimes we don't even know ourselves right like mm-hmm. uh so which box is it you know and mm. i mean that's kind of funny that, yeah which one's better like which one do you benefit from right
0: mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. uh if it's a job application you know you might just lean towards the white instead of checking off. Like, if you only have two options, you're like, oh, do I want to be black or white on this form? <laughs> and you're not really either, but you have to pick a box.
0: What about you, Jazlyn? Are there any terms that you don't particularly like or that you don't like responding to? Um,
1: I'm not really fond of saying I'm a person of color.
0: Mm.
1: I'm a black person, <laughs> Mm -hmm. Like if I'm talking about myself, I'm not going to say I'm a woman of color. And Mm -hmm. one of the reasons is it it reminds me of the term colored. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, at one point we were called colored and, you know, there was segregation against the colored people. And so you switch it around people of color, I mean, what's the difference to me? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I understand when you're talking in a group context, you want to encompass you know, a variety of people. But if I'm talking about myself, I'm not a woman of color. I'm not a person of color. I'm a black woman. Mm. And and that's, that's that.
0: Yeah. And I don't consider myself a person of color. I, I mean, I don't. It's not that I don't. OK, when when you're talking about like, you know, women's rights, um, the rights of people of color, they're You know their equity um, issues, um, inclusion issues. Then I'm like all for it. But if you ask me what I am, then I would say Asian American. But like if I'm if I'm talking about like the entire swath of people, then I would say we are all people of color. And I would actually I would actually say black and people of color, and not include black in the people of color when talking about America because we face different types of inequity and injustice that needs to be dealt with separately.
2: Right. Well, I think what you just said also is the reason why, um, like black indigenous people of color, right. You'll see that the BIPOC, um, and that's now sort of more of the term that people are trying to move towards, right. Because it's like black indigenous people of color, right. Like that, then that this way we sort of kind of grab onto a lot more people. Um, but, I mean, I, I identify as a person of color, I guess. Um, I don't have a lot, like, I mean, I felt like there's not a lot to pick from. And I was like, well, that kind of <laughs> me, you know, like, you know, it's funny because, like, only in the United States do we need, you know, Do we Mm. slap labels on people that are not white? (laughs) You know, like... Right. So many
1: many options, and then they just have the one.
2: (laughs) Yeah, like, the word Hispanic and Latino, like, those are only terms you use in America. You know, you're not going to see that in Mexico. You're not going to see that in... You know what I'm saying? Like, you're just not seeing that in other countries. (laughs) Yeah. But the United States is very obsessed with, like, almost labeling everything that is an other, right? So... Mm -hmm. They they have to try to figure you out, but at the same time, like, keep you down by figuring you out, like figuring out the label to give you. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't take offense when people say people of color, women of color, like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm like, yeah, I, that's what I am. I, I know I'm not white. <laughs> so,
1: yeah, Cynthia talked a lot about California. She has a lot of California pride. I guess people <laughs> from the East Coast, we don't have as much pride unless you're from New York, then, you know. You'll probably say Philly, you're from New York. I got York. Philly.
0: I got Philly pride. Well, you didn't so lead I'll with get,
1: that. You didn't lead uh, with that, Lisa. Uh, not like Cynthia. That. You know, she come uh, out uh, came out the box with the South. You know, Southern right, yeah. California. I got to be specific. Mm. <laughs> right. I mean, you I grew first. up. I grew up in Virginia, uh, Tidewater area. I like to say it's a suburb of a suburb. <laughs> 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 it's not much action going on down there. Um, and my my area was pretty mixed in terms of black and white. Um, growing up, maybe I just didn't notice, but there, there didn't seem to be a lot of variety outside of black and white in terms of Asian people or, you know, Latino people. Although one of my best friends was from Guatemala. But, you know, I didn't see that as a thing. She was just my friend. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I couldn't break down the demographics for you. What about you, Lisa? What was your upbringing like?
0: Yeah, so I uh, immigrated when I was two years old. I spent a few years in New York, but I don't remember those years. So I spent my formidable years in Philadelphia, in Philly, as uh, we like to say. You know, I, I don't think I have as much Philly pride as Californians do around their zip code and, you know, all all... All the all the um, all the ways they like to identify with, but if you know, if you asked me, like where my home is, like where my heart is, I would say Philly for now, um, because I did spend so many years there, uh, and I spent a few years living in North Philadelphia, which was predominantly black, um, and so I didn't really know a lot of um, white or Asian people during those years, but that was about two years. Um, and then I moved out into the suburbs, where there was um, in my high school there was a healthy uh, population of Asians, um, from Koreans, the Vietnamese, um, some Chinese, um, a good sized white population, and I think a smaller black population. Uh, but you know, I really, in, I really appreciated that that upbringing to be able to uh, have so many um, friends and connections with people from all different races uh, but where I live now even though you know it's a diverse it's a diverse county I don't live in a diverse um, city right now so you know my kids friends are they're, they're they're most there's a lot of white kids but you know they gravitate toward the non-white kids which is really interesting even though if you ask them a few years ago like so what are you? They would say American because they were born here, but they gravitate toward people of color. And it's just like really, I mean, I'm really proud of them for, you know, finding their their, um, their, their people, their community. Uh, and it's like nothing of my doing. And I guess it's just like natural for you to find, you know, the people you most relate to. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's my upbringing. So Jaslyn, could you... Talk a little bit about your family history in the U.S. Yeah, so my family
1: is, as I'm thinking, as far as I know, um, there are no there are no white people in my family. Um, so my family goes back, you know, I, I do my ancestry, I do, you know, search the censuses, and I can go back. I have one from 1860 of a free black ancestor in Virginia. Mm. So we're just black, black. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We've been here, you know? Um, mm.
0: So, yeah. So, Jaslyn, I have asked you before where you're from, and you have told me that you are from Virginia. And I feel like one of those people that was behind cynthia like asking her where she was from and i was almost trying to like get you to say you're from a certain african country so like tell me about when other people when when i asked you that question or when other people ask you that question like how does it how's it made you feel and what 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 is what would your response be to that
1: uh that's interesting lisa because I don't remember you asking me that question, and now I'm highly offended,
0: Lisa. (laughs) I know. You should be offended.
1: I'm so offended. Well, honestly, I don't remember you asking me that question, and if you did, and I said Virginia, then that's the answer. I I probably didn't think that you were asking me anything other than that, like where in the United States I was from, because I, I... and if other people have asked me that question expecting a different answer and I I gave them Virginia and no follow up, then I didn't know they were implying that I was anything other than an American. So, yeah, maybe my, you know, my mindset is, you know, <laughs> I'm a black American. You know, I don't I don't know any any other homeland.
0: <laughs> and I mean, Jazlyn, you had. You had said also in response that, you know, you, your family um, was enslaved. A lot of Blacks in America, they don't know their history because it was stripped away from them. Um, And so I guess I wanted to know, like, is that how you also feel when someone assumes you're not from America because... In their minds, obviously, you had to come, had to have like you, one of your relatives had to have come from Africa. Like, is that why you say Virginia? Because you don't want to dig into that history? Because you don't? Uh, I I do
1: have a history. African Americans have a rich history in this country. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do know my history. And when you say where you're from, for me, that question is: if you meet someone at work or you know, at a conference or at school, you ask where are you from. Me, I automatically go, okay, we're in the U.S. <laughs> I just met this person. Where am I originally? Where did I grow up? Where did I grow up? Um, so that that question doesn't cross my mind with when I'm talking to someone who is also from the U.S. If I'm talking to somebody that's not from the U.S., it doesn't that I don't expect to know the history of the U.S., um, then then the answer might be different. But, I mean, yes, you know, um, I remember there was a discussion amongst coworkers about last names, and, you know, these are all white people, and they say, yeah, my last name is German, my last name is Irish, and they're like, Jaslin, where's your last name from? <laughs> And I'm like uh, probably the slaveholder that you know mm. enslaved my family. I don't know. <laughs> um, they're like <laughs> they kind of just you know oh oh god, and then <laughs> they just walk away because mm. mm. <laughs> you know they don't want to get into that. So the conversation kind of dies after that. Um, but I'm not. And I if someone has asked that question and implied I'm not from the U.S. I don't remember it happening, and I don't think I would, I don't think my mindset would go there, unless they continue, like, with Cynthia, like, they continue to ask and ask and ask, and then I'm like, what, what, (laughs) you know, what are you, what are you trying to say here? But that hasn't happened to me, as far as I remember.
0: I mean, I could give a different answer than... Philly, Maryland, whatever, but I choose not to because that's none of their business. So would you have a different answer besides Virginia or is... Yeah, that my other answer, answer is
1: Chicago. I, w- I was born in Chicago. Okay. So, <laughs> and if they say, oh, further back, well, my, my grandparents were born in North Carolina. <laughs> Just like Cindy, I'll go back. I'll go back to 1860. I have an ancestor from Virginia. Hmm. Before that I do I did uh, trace uh, I'm gonna say supposed you know, slaveholder. I I, I got back to him in the sixteen hundreds, I can say that. Mm. But you know, I'm not gonna say that.
0: Why not? I mean Because <laughs> I'm black.
1: <laughs> mm. um.
0: tell us more. Not all of us understand where you're what does that mean exactly? You're like you say you're black. You're not going to talk about the 1600s and well, that you traced a relative.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I don't know for sure if they're in my lineage, but based on my family records and what I know, um, it's possible that one of the enslaved people of that person was impregnated by the you know the slaveholder, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, probably unwillingly. Mm. So, even if that is in my ancestry, I mean, it's, I don't think it's legitimate.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, if every black person does an ancestry, you know, a 23 me thing, they might figure out they're, you know, less than 100%, I think, I think the average is 75%. So, I mean, it's there, but Our experience, our culture, our history is black. so much for Cynthia for joining us for this conversation. I thought it was very enlightening, very interesting. So thank you for joining us.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, I really learned I really learned a lot about you know, the the subtleties and also the very major important differences between Hispanic, um, Latino, Latina, and also Latinx. So thank you for educating me. Um, It's not I guess it's not something that I had really put a lot of weight to um, until now. So I really appreciate you expounding and expounding on, you know, your California culture and, and your experiences between, you know, the West coast and East coast too.
2: Yeah. No, thank you for all the work you are all doing. And I think it's great what you have going on here. And I think it's also great to have these chats because, um, we're not a monolithic group, right? And mm. my experiences and my definitions for myself um, are just, you know, for, they're mine, but there's other people with different experiences that also mm. count, right? And their titles also count, their identities also count.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So every episode we like to end with a better world nugget. And Cynthia, if you don't know what that is, it's a just a small thing that we learn. It could be big or small that we can take forward and you know take forward with us to make this world a better place. So does anyone like to say what their better world nugget is?
0: Um I'll go first. Uh this conversation made me realize that um, you know, labels are You know, they're they're definitely vast generalizations of a group of people, um, but they're also important and they're also really individual. So uh, I think it's important for myself when talking to other people to really like notice how they identify themselves and use those labels properly and not to slap a label on them like whites did to us. Yes, very good. I would agree. I think
1: that um, people should be able to identify how they want, despite what the census tells us to do or any other form that we have to fill out. Um, everyone should be able to self-identify. And I think everyone should respect that. Cynthia? Uh,
2: yeah, I think very similar to what you both said, you know, for me, it's always good to have these conversations because I feel like I discover more about myself. Like I learned Mm -hmm. about you as we are having these conversations, but there's also by learning from you or about you, I kind of discovered something new about myself, right? Like even as we were having these conversations, I realized how impactful it was to, you know, grow up in South Central Los Angeles, for me, like I already knew it was important, but there was this this other extra layer because I think like you know people are like onions, like <laughs> yeah, wow. <laughs> oh,
0: yes, man. yes, we Wow, are. Cynthia. Uh, the reason we were laughing is because Jaslyn says she's a multifaceted, multi-layered person, and she says it's like a parfait, but I because that's from Shrek. But I always think of an onion, and so. It's like a recurring theme, <laughs> and, and like
2: the more you pull at these layers, the more you cry. Just like an onion makes you cry. <laughs> now there's this extra layer, right? And I think um, the way to also help our communities is first to understand ourselves and like and heal ourselves. If that if that is something mm. we need to do in order to like help the movement along too, right? And to be yeah. a better person in this world and be a better ally to your friends, you know, to your community and to this country. Right. Mm -hmm. I just want to thank you both because I think having this conversation was good because I got to know both of you. I think, you know, I've known Jaslyn now for about a year, but we've never had these conversations before. Mm -hmm. and So in a way I got to know you a little bit better, but it also by, getting to know you
1: I got to know a little bit more about myself
0: awesome yeah well thanks everyone for listening to this episode of the racisms podcast before you go be sure to like or subscribe wherever you are listening to this to stay up to date on new episodes they come out weekly and let us know how do you self-identify you can find
1: us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Racisms Podcast, and on our blog, RacismsPodcast.wordpress.com. Remember, that's racism spelled R-A-C-E-I-S-M-S. Peace, everyone.
0: Be safe. Music for this episode. Created by Jasmine Dukes and Kyle Carson. This episode was produced and edited by
2: Kyle Carson.